Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hi, right, back on the Jeff Coffee Show. Joined now by Gary Parrish. Gary Parrish, he's got his own show. He's hosting his own show for four to six every single day. Here on 92.9, National College Basketball columnist, all of that for CBS. Rising star in the field of meteorology, uh, multiple Emmy-winning personality, joins me now. GP, is your heat on in your house? Are you even in your house or are you in New York City for some reason? I'm at home. Uh, I am uh, at home for the time being, and the heat is not on. But really? as, I was sitting here wait- as I was sitting here waiting for the phone to ring, I thought to myself, I'm freezing right now. I'm very cold in my own house. <laughs> so are you like someone who, uh, you don't strike me as someone who would like discomfort, who would, you know, Fishman tries to put off turning on the heat for as long as he possibly can during the year. I turned on my heat this morning. I sat there and I did work for 20 minutes and then my f- fingers started getting cold and I'm like, screw this. And I turned on the heat for the first time this year. Do you try to resist? Oh, I'm gonna... No, no, I'm not trying to resist. I just haven't been awake very long. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't been awake long enough to turn the heat on, and I also at my desk. Um, I think we've talked about this before. I have uh, are they called floor heaters? What are they called? I have um, like a, a I have a, I have a heater underneath my desk that I can just turn on, and so I can keep my oh, really? legs warm. And that's what I've been doing for like the past hour. I've just I've had a heater on my legs. Is it fine. an electric like ne- an electric heater? Is that what it is? Yeah, you plug it in. It sits underneath okay. my desk. You plug it in underneath your desk like it's uh, you know anything else. And then you turn it on, and it keeps my legs warm, and that's all I need. That's all I need. And so, but, but to talk to you, I came to my studio, and I have no such heater in here, and I'm cold. I'm cold right now. I, um, I don't want to belabor this uh, because <laughs> I, I – no, not that. I'm moving on. I, I don't want to belabor the Ryan Silverfield thing because I like him, and I want him to succeed, and I hate this part of – like once, once, once coaches start to seem beleaguered and, you know, like all of that, I, I find it – it's just, it's just unfortunate that we, that, that it's the one job it feels like where if you start to not succeed, everyone wants you publicly fired. I, I just like, I know they get paid a lot of money and, but I always hate that people think like you fired Rep Shear, you fired Tommy, you fired, I know I, I really didn't fire any of those people and I don't like any of it. I don't like it. It's. And, and, you know, I, I have friends who are very good friends with Ryan. I know he's a good guy. He wants the right things, all of that. But yesterday, it's interesting, and Jeffrey pointed this out to me when I came into the studio. Yesterday, Ryan said there's no coach's challenge in college football when there is a coach's challenge in college football. Yeah, that was one that 
even in real time, because I'm watching the game live and I'm, you know, I've got Twitter on my computer and people were like, what, 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 how does this not even get looked at? And so that, that, you know, when we're, I think a lot of times in a football game, you can talk about prep and practice and, and, and where you're supposed to be um, heading into a game. But then once the game starts, a lot of times they're, they're just things that happen that are mostly, if not entirely, out of a coach's control. And yet there are some things that are, are within a coach's control. Like you, you should have done this thing better or differently. And uh, on Saturday, that moment felt like a moment where, you know, he cannot throw the ball for Seth or kick the ball or, or break up a pass. But there are things that you can do to put your team in a position to win. And it, it, even in that moment, um, it felt like everybody on Twitter was saying that, that, that the coach let the team down um, at, 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 in, in, that, uh, in that time, which is you know, obviously disappointing. And then the follow-up remarks don't, don't make a lot of sense either. What's also funny is how little we know about this stuff. We watch it all the time. Like, and literally the commentary that I, that I saw on Twitter was, well, he can't challenge because there's no coach's challenge in college football, but he can call timeout and he can get he can yell at the official and the and the official can request a that they look at the look at it upstairs. And then when I looked at the rule today, literally every part of that is wrong. Like you can challenge and and yet the online official the, the on-field official cannot request a review. <laughs> so literally every part of that is wrong. I think it's true with basketball. But also football too. The way that we, as fans, consume sports, and then the way—and I'm sure you see this as a sideline reporter and dealing with coaches all the time—and then the complexity of what is actually happening are wildly different, right? I mean, don't you think? Well, yeah. Well, the rule book is the rule book. That's not hard to understand right. if you just dive into it. Right. I, I don't get—I don't make a habit, especially with football, which is such a complex sport that. Um, you know, I, I don't cover on a on a daily basis. I, I talk about things that happen connected to the sport of football, but I don't get too involved in things that happen in football games. Uh, for instance, yesterday, I'm, I'm not. I didn't spend literally a second trying to debate um, RPOs and, right. and whether you should run this in that. Um, you know, in a in a, a two point conversion, what should you do? I don't get into that. I, you know that. I, I, you might remember I was a successful offensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, you were. Yes, you were. Under under Mike Norvell. And it is incredible how complex everything that is happening um, is. And how and, fast and it how, happens, what, too. It's insanity. That's the, thing. that's the thing. You have to make these decisions very, very quickly. In, in fact, Fran uh, Fischella uh, and Dan Walken had a little back and forth over the weekend where Dan was talking about – um, some decisions Nick Saban made at the end of the Alabama-Tennessee game. And Fran sort of pushed back on it as a coach, not a football coach, but right. a coach, and, and explained, you know, hey, you, you, don't, you don't seem to realize, I'm paraphrasing here, but you don't seem to realize how quickly these decisions have to be made. And when you are under pressure to make big decisions, you know, within seconds, sometimes you'll, you'll make the wrong decisions. And I think that's 100% true. Um, that, that's the, um, the, 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 the thing I'm most understanding of when it comes, especially to football coaches, is that these decisions that we all think you need to make, um, 
you don't have much time to think about it. You, you've got like seven seconds to think about it. And, and that can be, that can be difficult. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be criticized when you make a mistake, but it means that I can certainly understand how you sometimes make mistakes. Yeah. I mean, the job is to make the right decision in those seven seconds. Right. It was, I, I was an unsuccessful uh, offensive coordinator under Mike Novell, and I had Brady White standing there telling me what to do, and I didn't do it once, and he looked like I was a freaking idiot, <laughs> like, and then the play didn't work. And um, so, yeah, um, but it is, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's impossibly, it's impossibly difficult. Um, but it, it is interesting that the, the Wolken was criticizing Nick Saban for not running the ball at the end of the game so you would have at least, even if you'd, you might have gotten closer for the field goal that Alabama subsequently tried, 50-yard field goal, and he would have drained the clock so Tennessee would not have time to do what they actually ultimately did was cook, kick a field goal to win the game. I'll be honest. I didn't think it was some massive, massive coaching malpractice, which is what Dan and others were suggesting it was, because here's the truth. On one of those plays... First of all, Bryce Young is your best player, has been your best player all game long, all season long. And then on one of those plays, he put it right in the – was it running back, Jeffrey? Running back's hands, and the running back dropped yeah, they got it. Yeah, they got the running back on, like, the slow linebacker, and it would have been a massive game. It, it didn't work out, but it was not some coaching malpractice. I just I – mean, yeah, it seems silly to me. Anyway, um, where does the uh, – oh, last question on Memphis. You've talked about this in the context of Memphis basketball, but I actually, and we've talked for a long time about how difficult this realignment stuff has been on the university. That's no secret. But I think that the impact is accelerating. And, and I, I was on a panel uh, over the weekend uh, at the library Friday and uh, with an associate AD at the University of Memphis, and Adam Walker, and he pointed out that 10, 15 years ago, Ole Miss and Memphis had the same athletic budget, about $50 million. And now it, it couldn't be more insanely different, and every year it's getting exponentially worse. And then there's the conference stuff where Cincinnati and Houston and UCF are about to... Like, we've been bemoaning this, and yet Memphis has sort of flourished anyway in, without making it over the fence. But I do think the impact of not being on the right side of the fence is going to be even more profound in the next 10 years than it has been over the last 10 years. Yes, 100%. And it'll, it'll, it'll be felt both by the athletic department in terms of just you know, trying to create a budget and operate within that budget. And also it'll be felt by the fans because it'll look different and it'll feel different. You know, SEC schools, Big Ten schools, they have, I don't want to say literally more money than they know what to do with because I guess that's technically not true. But for all intents and purposes, they will have more money than they know what to do with. Whereas Memphis is, you know, trying to you know, figure out, exactly how they're going to do what they need to do with the money that they have. And then the competition is just going to, it's going to look and and feel different. Um, You're you're, you're, at the very least, um, you know, the AP poll came out yesterday in basketball and Memphis has a couple of non-league games against ranked opponents, but in the league, they have two games against a ranked opponent. That's obviously the two games against Houston. Those are not going to exist starting next season. And if Wes Miller is able to get Cincinnati back to a point of respectability, which I think that he will, 
uh, well, that Memphis-Cincinnati you know, series is not going to exist after this season. And you're really going to be – right now, I don't think anybody calls the American a mid-major league. They call it not a Power Five league, but you know, in football, it's it's just outside the Power Five, and in basketball, it's it's considered a power conference, and all of that is going away. So the money is going to diminish, and and the the relevance uh, with which you play your sports, at least the ones that most people pay attention to, which is football and men's basketball, uh, is going to diminish. Uh, it, it I, you know, even when Memphis was in Conference USA, the the um, you know, diminished version of that, you can still kind of dream of, well, if this happens, that happens, we're going to the Big East, we're going to the Big 12. And right now there, there seems to be no reasonable um, dream about where you're going next. Starting next season, you're just going to be in this thing that's not very good. And um, it, it, I, I don't want to say that it, it, all of this can't still be fun and interesting, uh, and, uh, but, but it's, it's not going to be what it is now. And I think when you're in such a diminished place with no hope of escaping it, no realistic hope of escaping it, that, that, can, that can really do damage to, to everything. It's not in a good spot. Anybody telling you that it is is, is lying to you. Uh, what did strike you? Obviously, it, it did no surprise to you necessarily, the, the AP Top 25, uh, and you do your own Top 25 and 1. But what's striking about the Top 25 or the Top 25 and 1 this year? Um, you know, I, I published the first version of the top 25 and one on the night of the national championship game in, in early <laughs> April. Right. And, and, and then I update it consistently throughout the off season. Anytime roster uh, development require it. And so when the AP poll comes out, I'm not really, it, you know, I, I went on CBS sports HQ yesterday when the AP poll came out and they were like, so uh, what do you think? And I'm like, it looks fine because it is, it is largely, um, not, not a, a copy of what I do, but it, it's pretty close. And I, I don't mean to suggest that AP voters wake up on the day that they need to submit their ballot and they you know, Google Gary Parrish's top 25 and one, and then they copy it and send it in. But between me and John Rothstein and Jeff Barzello and anybody who has um, a, a, you know, a, a somewhat significant following and ranks teams, in the off season, well, you're going to serve as a as a guide for the AP voters, and so, um, you know, it, 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 I, I think nine of the teams the AP poll has in the top ten are in my top ten. Uh, twenty three of the twenty five teams that I have in my top twenty five are in the AP top twenty five. There's really no difference in terms of where a team is ranked by more than four spots. I think I have Arkansas six. AP poll maybe has Arkansas ten. And, and, and that's the biggest difference that you're going to find. And so the AP poll is not surprising this year, and it's never surprising because I, I think on some level me and, and, and people who have jobs like me, um, we influence it. Um, but but the, what, what was mostly interesting to me, more interesting to me, is, is Ken Palm's preseason rankings because that's not influenced by humans. That's, that's an algorithm. Yep. And Ken plugs data into uh, his computer, and it spits out what it spits out. And um, that lined up pretty good with the top 25 and one, which was kind of encouraging because, uh, you know, you, when you rank things all offseason, you spend what – that, what that means is you spend all offseason with fan bases telling you you don't know what you're doing. Right. Uh, you're an idiot. Right. And, and, and yet, if you take my top 26 and take Ken's top 26, 
it, it, 23 of the 26 teams are exactly the same. Um, you know, uh, he has Memphis 34th. I have been saying for months that I think Memphis is a, you know, borderline top 40 team. So, so that, that lines up with that. And so, um, I don't think there's any real surprises, but one thing that's interesting is that if you look at the AP poll, number one, North Carolina, I would have Gonzaga number one, but North Carolina is fine. It, it makes sense. But two of the top three teams are Gonzaga and Houston. Um, the, these, these programs that operate um, outside of the, the power five. And that's obviously not something you would get in football, but it is still something you can get in basketball. And if, if you've, got the right coach and you invest properly and Gonzaga and Houston have done both of those things. They, they, they found perfect coaches for the programs, thrown a lot of money at it. And now like, you know, if Gonzaga and Houston from the WCC and the AAC are playing for the national title, that's not the craziest thing in the world. In fact, at, at FanDuel right now, the co-favorites to win the national championship are Gonzaga and Houston. That's uh, and that's actually an area of hope then. Like it, it, that runs counter to what we were saying. That even though it is becoming more difficult for Memphis, well, we've got two examples. Um, now Houston, of course, will be you know in the Big Twelve next year, but we've got two examples of teams outside the elite that are co-favorites to win the national championship. Yeah, and you know Memphis was the uh, number one seed in two thousand eight, operating outside of the traditional power structure. So it, it can be done. And Gonzaga is the best example of it now because Houston is still technically in a basketball league that would be considered, you know, a power conference. Um, but if you are if you're trying to be hopeful about Memphis going forward, you you will hope that Penny Hardaway is able to do in a diminished AAC what Mark Few is doing in the WCC and what John Calipari once did in, in a diminished CUSA. Um, I'm not predicting that that that'll be the way it goes. Um, I'm certainly not suggesting it'll be easy, but that is absolutely what you you should aspire to. Gonzaga is considered a high major program that plays in a mid major league, and if you want Memphis basketball to be great going forward, that's what it needs to be once again: a high major program, one of the best in the country, operating in a mid major league. Uh, lastly, you were talking about the Tennessee game. We were talking about the Tennessee game yesterday, and how even as hard bitten, calloused as you can be as a sports journalist. Uh, you get numb to this stuff. That that moments like that are pretty cool. What, like, what wins? And I, I didn't prom, I didn't, I didn't prepare you. I was going to ask you this, but what wins that you've either covered or witnessed or whatever else have struck you as, damn, that was pretty cool. Like, like that one. I, I'll remember that Tennessee game for a, forever. I, I will. Like, you'll remember that Tennessee game forever. Um, what other ones stick out for you? Well, when I was in college, I was at the Memphis-Tennessee football game at, the, at uh, what is now known as Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Um, so you that, weren't that, covering that, it? You were just there? Were you covering it? Or you I the- was literally on the top row. I, I remember being, as I am right now, I remember being cold <laughs> and on the top row at, at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. And, uh, yeah, like, you know, come down and, you know, uh, you know I, was, I jumped on the field. You jumped on you know, the field? I jumped really? on the field. I mean, I don't know that I stormed it. I was kind of lazy back then. Um, it's still today, uh, but I, 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 I 
made my way to the field. And then I remember getting down there. This is the weird thing about field storming. People rush it. You know, you want to get on the field. And then, and then once you're there, there's really nothing to do. You know, they should put a bar down there. You know, they should have a bar, like on the 20-yard line or something. Yeah. It feels like they could set that up. You get on the field and like, all right, now what? What do we do now? It gets boring well, pretty you quickly, were You were but, at the Alabama Ole Miss game. That was a cool one, right, where the, the goal post. Was yeah. that the one where you fell on your face? Yeah, I fell on my. I've, I've fractured my face, or I don't think I don't think that's technically true. But I busted my face up pretty good. I um, that concluded. I I was I was basically in the stadium for like the second quarter. <laughs> it was one of those you get you get down there very early, and then you so you. you know, I'm, I'm exactly the person Lane Kiffin hates because I'm like, eh, okay, I guess we'll go to the game now after it's already started. <laughs> so we we drift into the stadium like you know into the first quarter, and at halftime I was like, yo, this is great. I appreciate the tickets, but um. It, can we can we tell the truth to each other? We were having more fun at at the tailgate than we are in the stadium, weren't we? And my buddy was like, "Yeah." And I was like, well, "Let's go do that again." So we went back to the tailgate. So I was, you know, in the Grove when that game went final, but I was there for that. That was an awesome day, despite the damage that I did to my to my face. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty five dollars per line per month without auto pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.